Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Volume. It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Why? Well, let me tell you. Okay, first off, the app is safe, secure, it's easy to use, okay? FanDuel always has these great exclusive offers where you can get juice, win a little more. Uh, When you win, you'll get paid fast. No waiting, no BS. And they got a ton of ways to play, man. Spread, money line over, unders, totals, props, sim game, parlays, everything. Live betting. If you get to the show late, it doesn't matter. Just live bet it. They also have the teasingly vague same game parlay plus. I don't think it's a streaming service, but there's only one way to find out. It's by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, promo code SNAPS, and make every moment more this football season. Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome in to a brand new episode of SNAPS, little... Fall chill in the air down here in Louisiana. Feels freaking fantastic. It's like in the 50s today, dude. I know, Aaron, that you're up in the Carolinas. I know they get actual winter there, so it might even be getting actually cold. Uh, but, yeah, i very excited. In a great mood here on this fine October Tuesday afternoon uh welcome into snaps uh we are the college football show for the volume sports network if you're watching on youtube like subscribe to the channel all that stuff helps and uh again wherever you get your podcasts apple spotify whatever sub to the pod rate it and review it y'all that really helps please the algorithm of the gods that rule our existence and help us grow the show because we love it. I'm one of your hosts, T-Bob Aber, and I'm joined, as always, by UGA great SEC legend, QB1 himself, Mr. Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up? What's up? I am. I know you're like enjoying life in the 50 to 60 degrees. I am freezing my ass off right now. It is 25 degrees, like 15, 20 mile power wind gusts going on here. Uh, yes. I got the game tomorrow night at State. I'm in Boone, North Carolina. So usually like midweek games or any games in general, I like to bring my golf clubs. I like to sneak in around the golf because I don't get it when I'm at home because I got a yep. two-year-old and my wife is due in a month with our second child. So golf is limited when I'm back home. So I take advantage yep. on the road. So I'm kind of a little bit sad right now. I was thinking Boone, North Carolina, beautiful campus, uh, maybe a little bit of cooler weather, but hell no, man. It is freaking cold up here. And uh, it's going to be like 20 degrees tomorrow night when I call that game. So fingers crossed everywhere there that I don't have to bring out the big boy coat for the game. And they got some some heaters in the booth. You know what you need? You need a big blazer, Aaron. It's the only way to stay warm in Boone, North Carolina. Also, uh, anybody coming out to the Snaps live show this Thursday, the walk on, uh, the walk-ons on Burbank, go ahead and bring your big blazers for the big blazer boys. Y- y'all don't really have to wear big blazers, but we are going to wear big blazers. And that's right. Yes, that is right. We, me, Aaron, uh, Brum, Ryan Brumley, everybody else, uh, the entirety of Snaps 
are going to be live this Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. at the Walk-Ons on Burbank. Uh, we got free FanDuel bet. We're giving away FanDuel bets. Uh, that's going to enter you to win LSU Ole Miss tickets. We're going to have beers. We're going to have merch. The Saints-Cardinals games comes on right afterwards. It's going to be so much fun, y'all, this Thursday at Walk-Ons. So please, 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 look, I want to prove to Papa Colin and uh, all of the, you know, all, all the other people out West who bet on this show, I want to prove to them that the people are loving some snaps. So as many people as we can get out there, that would be awesome. Please, y'all, spread the word. Come kick it and come get drunk with us on Thursday. It's going to be uh, so much fun. It really is. And, Aaron, it's going to be our first time ever uh, hanging out in real life, right? I mean. No, no. When? see Media Days. Oh, okay, okay. But, like, I I hate it out. We saw each other in passing. No, we had drinks two summers ago in Birmingham. This is why you don't drink that much like myself, so you remember these good times at the bar at SEC Media Days. Night one. Oh, wait, okay, 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 okay. Yes. yes, that was for like two seconds, but that was before, that was a bad night for me because I was trying to sneak in on y'all's dinner, right? Like I was trying to network. It's actually, it was such a sad night for me because I even bought a new outfit. I was trying to impress like Maz or whoever, I don't know, right? I'm trying to impress some of the like serious XM bosses. So I'm trying to use Jake as a bridge to sneak into the crew, try to do a bit of networking. And so I'm hanging out at the bar, getting some drinks, and man, when I tell you I got left at the bar, which I get, it was a team dinner, but everybody I was talking to left and there I was <laughs> just standing alone at the bar drinking hand. So you know what I did? I did what anybody does when they feel like the 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 kid who got left out of the popular kid group. I went to the Olive Garden alone and I got unlimited breadsticks and some fettuccine Alfredo. Uh, funnily enough, First time I ever had with the Olive Garden, and it was great. Oh, it's I phenomenal. really felt like family. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. It was fantastic. Well, okay, you know, so it's yes, funny to think about, about thinking about, think about you and Sirius, thinking about you in the past two years of Sirius. This past year in Atlanta, when I walked in, lo and behold, who's in the corner sitting by themselves but T Bob? Uh, <laughs> so you're just trying to get your way into the Sirius Look, family. man. Hey, look, bro, we're just trying to make it, man. I was trying to get somebody to help me out here. Give me a little socket. Give me a little job. And that's when Papa Colin and Logan and Brum and everybody came calling. So huge shout out to the volume. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Bash is right. If only I had worn a big blazer, that would have been the key to impressing them. Forget about that new button up that I bought. <laughs> Definitely should have gone blazer. That's on me. Um, yes. Okay. Aaron, but okay. This will be the first time in which we have actually really hung out and maybe had multiple beers together, right? That was yes. a few minutes, uh, before y'all took off. I am very excited about this Thursday at Burbank. God, that's such a funny story. I've not. I don't think I've ever told that story publicly. <laughs> um, okay, coming up on today's show, uh, we got to sit down with Dan Mullen, uh, which we played on AMP, and we're going to play here again. It's absolutely fantastic. Coach Mullen seems cool AF uh, since leaving the coaching profession. Um, we're going to start by talking uh, about the chances that, you know, with three potential dragons here. And Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee, could the SEC get three teams in the playoff? Talk a little Heisman talk with Hooker and Stroud, and then we'll get to Mullen. Uh, let's start, though, with this SEC conversation. I feel very strongly about this, Aaron. Uh, so I want to hear how you feel. What do you think? Will the SEC, or can they? Not will, but could yeah. they? Is there a path to them getting three teams into the playoff this year? <coughs> Sorry, as I choke up my Chipotle. <coughs> That's, that's that's my thoughts about them getting three teams in. Uh no, it, it, there's no chance. And it was funny. I was I was listening to the, the the mega hater of the SEC this morning, Danny Cannell, on my drive uh, on his on his show this morning, and he was he was literally going in a circle. I had a tweet at him like, Danny, like make up your damn mind. Is the SEC good or not good this year? Uh, because like he would say like he's not that good, and this team's not that good. And then two minutes later, he'd talk about how that team has a chance to win this game, this game, and that's actually they're pretty good. So. I think everyone realizes that this year the SEC is dominant. And it's not just dominant on the West, but it's also dominant on on the East side, which is a little bit new because of we've we've seen obviously you know Alabama and LSU and 
you know, those teams on that side of the conference really have their way. And then maybe like one team in the East kind of hold it down. You know, whether it was, you know, Florida a few years ago, kind of Georgia's kind of taking its, its, its hold on things. But all of a sudden you got Tennessee playing well. Kentucky has been playing well as of late and, you know, not been as dominant this year, but they're still five and two for goodness sakes. But back to the point of could three teams make it from the SEC? No. But if it was going to happen, this is how it would need to happen. One, you know, Clemson would have to lose. Uh, two, yep. the, 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 the Big 12, which we anticipate those teams to continue to beat each other up, have to continue to beat each other up, uh, which I think is a possibility. Same thing with the Pac-12, which is a possibility too with Oregon. UCLA have to play. UCLA and USC have to play. Obviously, Utah has two losses already. So I think there is a chance Pac-12 and Big 12 – they could beat each other up in a, in a big, big way where they essentially eliminate their conferences from making the playoffs. What the SEC needs to happen is, uh, in my opinion, Tennessee has to win versus Georgia or vice versa, but I kind of like Tennessee. No, 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 no. I think, I think no, Aaron, I think I have actually a pretty clear grip on this because I agree with you on who okay, needs I'll let to you lose. It. I think you need Georgia to beat Tennessee and then lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. Well, or vice so you versa. Have a, you have the triangle where you yes. have three one-loss teams that have all rock, paper, scissored each other. Yeah. But I also – I but my, my thinking of the other way around of Tennessee beating Georgia is the committee looks as Georgia's, hey, you've been number one for the majority of the season. You lose a close game to Tennessee possibly. Uh, obviously, you don't make that SEC championship oh, game, okay. but you were the yeah. defending national champions. Yeah, yeah. And okay, okay. So, so I think, so I think either beats, way, yeah, I think okay. either way. Tennessee beats Georgia, and then Tennessee would need to lose to Alabama in yep. the in the SEC championship, right? And then you would have three. So yeah, both situations produce three one loss teams. And I'm kind of with you, actually. Never mind, I was wrong. Your scenario is would be the one there because Georgia would be the defending national champs. You'd be wanting to put them in there that have the big win over Oregon and everything, but Tennessee would have two wins that you could not deny. So they would have to be put yep. in there. And then Alabama would be the one loss sec champ. So it's a great call. If, if it were to happen, that's how it would happen. The problem is it's like you said, man, like I, I'm a believer. This is what I hate. I'm a believer that any one loss power five champion i would like to see get in over a one loss team that did not win their conference i think that sometimes we get a little too full of ourselves when it comes to these conversations in terms of oh we just know this team is better than that one like college football is insane we see it every single weekend there are results yep. that boggle the mind that you would have never expected and it's like like how the hell did stanford beat notre dame out of nowhere last year yep. right or, or last week right and so and you're going to tell me though that you just know who the better teams are. So yeah, for this scenario to actually happen, you'd have to have a two loss Pac-12, like you said, two loss Big 12. Uh, you would honestly probably need Michigan to lose another one or Ohio State, like whoever loses yeah. that game. If it, a one loss Ohio State or Michigan has just as strong of a claim uh, in a lot of ways as the SEC teams would. So it's, it, it, bigger, it is impossible, but it's, yeah, it's interesting just because you have three really good teams right now. I think I think the bigger question, if 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 one of these conferences was going to get two teams into the playoffs, because I I think Michigan, what they showed me this past weekend, was was dominating, and 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 yeah. and I think they actually may be better than they were last year, especially on offense, they're definitely better. I think defensively as a whole, they're playing better, which is kind of crazy when you lose a guy like Hutchinson to the NFL. But as a whole, that that D line's getting after it right now, uh, and actually on all three levels. Who is a better chance? I think to me is the better question. Who is a better chance to get two teams in? Say Ohio State, you know, so so Michigan will play face Illinois. They beat Illinois. They lose a close game to Ohio State. Ohio State goes and beats Illinois in the in the, in the Big Ten championship game. You have a one-loss Michigan team that lost on the road to Ohio State, who could be, yeah. in my mind, the best team in the country right now heading into the playoffs. Do they have a better shot of getting into it versus say Alabama beating an undefeated Georgia or Tennessee in the SEC championship game. Who would get if there was an open spot? Who would get that second one in? A one loss Michigan, who didn't make it but lost a close game to Ohio State, or 
a one-loss Tennessee or Georgia who lost in the SEC championship game to Alabama. A one-loss Alabama team at the time. I don't even – yeah, I don't even know where to I think begin that, I think that's to gonna try be, to I think unravel that's, that. I think that's going to happen. I, to me, that's like – that is a huge possibility. I, I honestly think the Big 12 is going to beat the crap out of each other. I think the, the Pac-12, there's a chance that happens too. I think we're going to get to a situation by the end of the season if 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 these teams play out that we're going to get there. But Clemson, Clemson is, I mean, Clemson is the wild card in all of this, right? Because Clemson's going to go undefeated most likely. I'm not saying they can't trip up, but, but I don't you feel still about get, Clemson. But you can still get two. You can still get two SEC and two Big Ten even with Clemson in. I'm not I'm saying you're getting both Ohio State and the SEC champion in. Yes. Who's the four? Okay, if the, you have a one-loss Michigan and a one-loss Alabama or one-loss Tennessee or one-loss Georgia who lost Alabama in the SEC championship game, who gets in? Michigan or Georgia or Tennessee? Whoever is in that game. That's that. That's yeah, a, that's a situation it. I think we could get into. I think that is extremely realistic. And I think right now, I don't know who you pick because I really like Michigan. And but they didn't make their conference championship. So do you put that in? Like, hey, these other teams had to play an extra game. And we're going to take I, that into account. I would punish that. I, I think that should be punished. I also think if you were to ask me, <clears throat> okay, would you take like a Tennessee that lost in the SEC championship after being undefeated or a one-loss UCLA or a one-loss USC or any one-loss Pac-12 team? Again, I always want to reward teams for winning their conference championship. The only way I put an at-large team over – uh, and I'm not saying that you're saying this because you're not. I think I think we're in agreement here. No, the I'm only way that, that I'm putting a one-loss team over somebody who didn't win their conference is if they well, is if they have more losses. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. That's a very realistic feeling hypothetical that you just laid out that will shake the foundation of the college football take earth. Like I can hear Brum and all the other college football producers from throughout the country just slobbering thinking of the week's worth of content mm. that could be created out of mm. Michigan and the SEC loser trying to get into the playoff, dude. Oh my! Do you guys God. think we're all in a group text like the like the national media? Like we're all we're all in like you know a, a WhatsApp or something. Well, I mean, that, is, that would be perfect. I, let's let's make it even a little bit twistier here, T. Bob. If it's Ohio State. Michigan beats Ohio State. Does that make the Big Ten's claim to get two teams in better because it's Ohio State instead of Michigan? Yes, I think the same way that Bama uh, tends to get the benefit of these doubt, uh, benefit of the doubt yep. in these conversations as well, because Ohio State has consistently been there, and uh, may maybe the difference is that they haven't always done as well once they've gotten there, like an Alabama has. But yeah, yeah I, I, I do think that's actually an even stronger scenario for the big 10 but then i mean if we're talking about a tennessee that beat georgia and then lost the sc championship you're talking about a tennessee team that at that point would be kind of the darlings of college football right yeah. and and people would be very upset to see them get eliminated get watch see alabama team that they beat get to go to the playoff while they're sitting home but then you'd have the north be, being very upset if ohio state was having to sit home for just one bad game that is i okay if, if i'm playing it out my head I think eventually the argument would probably morph into the wins over Georgia and Alabama would be better than Ohio State's win over Michigan. And I think then you would see Tennessee get in over a Big Ten non-champion. A couple interesting things here, guys. You know, just looking at the FanDuel odds. for the Obviously, playoff odds aren't there yet, but Alabama is plus 450 to win it all. And what that tells me is the books are assuming if Alabama wins out or wins get, wins all their games, including the SEC championship, they're definitely in the playoff. Yeah. Where yes, 100%. That, that's what we talked about yesterday. The only thing that changed yeah. for Alabama this weekend is just the margin of error. Like, they just can't drop another game. You can't have two losses and, and go to the playoff. But uh, what happens? What happens if there's again, a two loss? What what? I, I hate to go down rabbit holes, but it just it's so exciting. It makes me all, all giddy inside. Uh, it keeps me nice and warm here in this cold weather in, in Boone, North Carolina. What if Alabama does drop one? What if Alabama does drop a game to Ole Miss uh, or someone else on their schedule, but still find a way to get into the SEC championship game? Obviously, then they would need help to get into 
the SEC championship with two losses on the resume. But if they do and say beat a one loss or a they would no no no, no. Here, here 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 would be the situation, Aaron. If Alabama lost to LSU, um, but then beat uh Ole Miss, right? And let's say LSU yes. has at least two SEC losses. So Alabama and Ole Miss would both have one SEC loss, but Alabama would win the tiebreaker, but Alabama would oh wait, no. Shit. But Alabama Alabama's would have two. Ole Miss would have to no, lose. No, LSU LSU would need to beat Ole Miss and Alabama, and then Alabama would need to beat Ole Miss as well, right? Because then yes. Ole Miss and Alabama would both have two losses and uh Alabama would have the head to head. And let's say LSU has three SC losses. Wow, this is a rabbit hole. Indeed. Okay, but the question is, a two-loss Alabama that's SEC champion, would they make the playoff? Yes. Uh, right. I, I think it was back to Alabama, and I think then it, it then it also goes to what's the rest of the country look like. If there's a bunch of one-loss champions in conferences, I think that's a good case, or even two-loss, other two losses like the Big 12 that we've discussed. Uh, but I think if, if, if you have a one loss Pac-12, like say USC finds a way to win or UCLA finds a way to, or even Oregon, like if, if there is one of those three teams that is, are, are really good brands are are 12 and one in the Pac-12, I think those one of those teams will get in at the end of the day. Uh, I would say even maybe over a one loss potential Big 12 team too. Yeah, and, and look, so I'm I'm hoping that this will all be much ado about nothing. You know, hopefully this will all come together and coalesce into a very nice final four. But you know how these things work. And uh, this is the genius of the playoff, right? I mean, I'm looking at chat right now and I'm seeing everybody throw out these different scenarios. Like, this is exactly why they made this. Uh, because already here, you can start to try to do the predictive math. And just like you said, go down endless, endless rabbit holes. Uh, I just can't wait for the, uh, the, the 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 playoffs to expand. Like, there's just well, I think this yeah, is a great year. Like the this is a year where you can make a case for. I would say usually it's like we always say, hey, there's one or two teams that you just know are going to win the championship, and that still may be the case this year. But I think there's teams that could legitimately create some some uh, obviously confusion as we're kind of breaking it down right now, but also some major upsets throughout the season. You know. Tennessee, well, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, uh, Ole Miss in their offense and the way they're progressing, UCLA, USC. Like, I wouldn't want to face USC in the playoffs if they made no. it. No. But that offense, well, I mean, here, here, Caleb here. Williams, where they're rolling? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's why the expanded playoff will be fun, uh, more fun to me to cover, is because we should be celebrating conference winners right now like we should feel like ucla is in the lead for a playoff spot we should feel yeah. like one of these great big 12 teams out of this fun uh really tough top to bottom conference is guaranteed to be in the playoff and then we should be having conversations around the edges be it uh 8 10 12 whatever the number ends up being like yeah the the, the four just creates such a exclusionary conversation where all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're shitting on teams that don't really deserve to be shit on um yes. and so we will uh we will we'll see how it all plays out uh, as we go down some potential college football rabbit holes here on this tuesday october 18th uh there is one aaron that i thought was very clear just recently i mean i think we did a segment on this last week and now all of a sudden it's heated up and that is the Heisman discussion. And there's two lead dogs right now. And it's the top two rated quarterbacks in the entire country. It's C.J. Stroud and it's Hendon Hooker. Aaron, who has a better chance to win the Heisman Trophy? Is it Stroud or is it Hooker? I think Hendon has the better chance to win the Heisman because we talk about Heisman moments. And he already he had the big first blow. I mean, he had the big haymaker this weekend versus Alabama. And you already see that in the odds. I don't know exactly where he was last week, but right now, if you go on FanDuel, he's moved up to to, to plus 440 uh, when it comes mm. to Heisman odds. And I think he was somewhere in the thousands last week. So it's a significant jump for him. CJ Stroud's still plus 100 with the odds right now. Uh, but I just think there are going to be more Heisman moment opportunities for for Hendon. But it's also that also means that it's going to be a lot harder for him to to overcome that and to win those football games you look at their schedule you know they're gonna have to face uh a, they've already had games versus ranked florida lsu and obviously the win versus alabama mm -hmm. uh you have a chance to win versus kentucky who's a ranked team 
Uh, the game versus Georgia is going to be a whole, another epic game, similar to what we saw this past weekend, and then possibly facing Alabama again. Those are three more opportunities, two more against top six, seven teams in the country to make a statement on, on the biggest stage in front of the country. So I think he's going to have more moments to shine. Uh, where you look at that CJ right now, uh, you know, they got the game versus Penn State, but Penn State, they, that lost a lot of excitement with the way they just got absolutely pounded by Michigan. Then you got no, the no. game versus Michigan, and then you got Illinois. Just not as many moments for him. Uh, but obviously he's in the lead though. So he doesn't need as much, you know, Hendon's the one on the back end coming in right now, trying to essentially upset what we all thought was going to happen. The inevitable of CJ Stroud and the crazy stats of Ohio state quarterbacks, my man's going to win it all. But if, if Hendon plays like he's been playing and you get Cedric Tillman back and you, you win versus Kentucky, you win versus Georgia. And I don't even think you have to win versus Alabama. I think if you make the game versus Alabama mm -hmm. competitive, I would say Hendon's going to win the Heisman. I think it all is going to be on the line in Athens on November 5th. If he plays well and they beat the dogs, I think Hendon is going to win the Heisman. I, I look, I, I, um, I understand everything you're saying on, but from where I sit today, I, I, I feel like, CJ Stroud remains the better choice for Heisman, but not maybe for the reason that I did last week, right? The reasons why we kind of started to discuss this, why I thought it was clearly still Stroud, I, it was kind of just based in the volume of the numbers, right? Um, and now, obviously, that's before Hinton Hooker goes out and throws for five more touchdowns to add to his own. But more so than that, Stroud seemed to just have a pretty significant advantage. Uh, now I'm not so sure. I look at the numbers today. Again, they're very similar. They've thrown for the same amount of yards. It's 10.9 yards per attempt to 10.7 yards per attempt. Like I said, they're both completing 70% of their passes. They're the two highest rated quarterbacks in the entire country. So I've accepted that the numbers may be more equal. And you're like, well, okay, T-Bow, then why is it Stroud uh, if, if Hinton Hooker has all this opportunity? And to me, it's still Stroud because... I think the bottom line is that the winner must win their conference and make the yes. playoff to mm. win the Heisman. That's what I'm saying. That's the only part we disagree nope. on. Nope. Like, I agree yep. with you. Hooker's, Hooker's path is such that if he actually wins the SEC championship, it's not even close. I think that he ends yes. up actually kind yes. of pulling away from Stroud. If he loses, though, and Stroud wins, and let's say Stroud does very well in those wins, obviously. I guess the context matters here. But if Stroud's going to the playoffs, and for a second year in a row, he's sitting there at 40-plus touchdowns, all these other things, and Hendon lost in the SEC championship, although Hendon has a better story, and Tennessee's probably a bit more of the fan favorite, I feel like C.J. Stroud takes home that award both for the team's success and maybe even for the overall volume over the past kind of Two years, which shouldn't count, but I think sometimes does in these conversations. So I yeah. still think it's CJ Stroud, but mainly just because the path is easier, right? Because because I because again, if you lose, I think <sighs> Hooker is eliminated. Uh, but no. but if not, if Hooker wins, he wins in a landslide. I just I just think I just think right now there's a lot of voters that still vote when the regular season's done with, and I think once you get through that SEC schedule and what Tennessee's going through. I think a lot of them will say he's the Heisman. I don't care what happens. We know it's 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 you know it's not easy to win to beat a team twice in a season. We all know that. Like it is it is sure. it is a, a hard hard test, especially when that team's Alabama. So I think it it, it would be unfair of us to say, hey, Hendon Hooker, go beat Nick Saban twice in order to win a Heisman after you've already been, you know, Alabama who is ranked in the top two after you you went to Athens and beat the number one team in the country in Georgia, the defending national championship champions. Oh, and once again, now let's go beat Alabama for a second time in the matter of two months. Like, that's unfair. Uh, CJ doesn't have to go that route. Once they, beat, once they beat Michigan, I know Illinois is playing well this year. I get that. But if they win the game versus Michigan, which is at home, they're going to win that game, and it is a much easier task. So I think you have to look at the situation that that football team is going to be put in and, and Tennessee's not as good of a football team in general, perception-wise, than Ohio State is. Let's talk about importance of a, a, of a player on a football team. You take C.J. Stroud away from Ohio State, that's still a very good football team. And, and a team that still can compete to win in the Big Ten. You take Hennon Hooker away from Tennessee, that's a 7-5 and five football team. Maybe 6-6 six and six football team.
So I think all this needs to play into the mind of the voters if they are 12 and 0 heading into the SEC championship game versus Alabama. But for those listening and want to get some some better odds, I will say, and I brought this up a couple minutes ago, the way Michigan played, and I talked about it yesterday too in our show. So make sure you go watch that if you missed it. The way Michigan played and and the way they beat Penn State and dominated up front kind of makes me feel like the game from last year, which they beat Ohio State, could be very similar this year at the end of the month, at the end of November, excuse me. So if you want to get some crazy odds, or I guess not super crazy odds, but some bigger odds, Blake Corum, who is number six right now in rushing yards in the country, number one with 13 touchdowns in America, plus 1,200. They're going to continue to run. Their schedule gets pretty easy for the next few weeks. Michigan State, they should dominate Rutgers, Nebraska. I think they take care of business versus Illinois. Uh, and then at Ohio State, if you believe Michigan can beat Ohio State, which I think they can, and then they would take care of business versus Illinois once again, that is an interesting one. I brought it up last week, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling him even more after that dominant performance versus Penn State. Okay. Yeah, man. That's, that, I mean, that might, if you, if you just want to go for the home run, yeah. that's the play. I think if you just want to go for added value, you've really convinced me on hooker actually now, Aaron, like I'm not someone who will just hold to what I originally thought. If I think somebody had a stronger argument and I think your argument and playing out this hypothetical where you would go lose to Alabama in the sec, I definitely can see the world there where the voters are still swayed hooker's side of the equation. And you're right. I do think kind of the brand comes into play, importance of the team. And like we said, sometimes it's not fair to CJ Stroud because he's been unbelievable. But, you know, yeah. Dwayne Haskins threw for 50 touchdowns, right? Like we have seen this with Ohio State before, whereas Tennessee just has this kind of groundswell of grassroots support right now that is just more likable. You know, narratively, yeah. it's like just more enjoyable. Okay, so uh, I stand convinced. I changed my mind. I said it was C.J. Stroud. I think Aaron hit the nail on the head. If Hooker beats Georgia, Hooker probably wins the Heisman, no matter yep. what happens to the uh, no matter what happens in the SEC championship. Uh, nice job, sir. Well done. Right now, it is uh, my pleasure to share with you all some fun we had earlier today. We got to sit down with the man who used to be on the SEC sidelines every single Saturday, Mississippi State for years, Florida for years. That is the man himself, Coach Dan Mullen. Enjoy the interview. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, brand new edition of Snaps. And uh, I am so happy right now because uh, we are getting to talk to a man that I've watched coach a lot of football over the last decade of my life, uh, I've been on, you know, unfortunately losing end of some of these things, but uh, super fantastic. Nonetheless, we're talking to ESPN in-studio analyst, SEC great coach Dan Mullen. Coach Mullen, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for joining us here on Snaps. Man, great to be with you guys. Life's always good these days right now. It's a lot less stressful on the media side of things than it is on the sideline. I can tell you that. Well, it's like, Coach, this is why whenever we get news about one of these buyouts or anything else, like for me, a common man who does not have that drive, I'm like, if I ever got this deal, I would just ride off into the sunset. I would go do media. I would I go, I would go be Houston. Not like I, like, I, I don't know why <laughs> subject yourself to all the anger, the vitriol, the negativity. Like what as 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 a head coach, what makes it all worth it? Well, you know, I mean, there's so many, there's little parts of it that make it worth it, but you know, I mean, the instant rush, like the Josh Heupel after that game on Saturday, um, mm. you know what? And that feeling in the locker, there's nothing you can do in the world as you guys know, right. That can match, not just the feeling on the field, which is unreal, but the feeling in that locker room afterwards, after everybody is on storming the field, when those players get in the locker room, that's another whole level of celebration, you know, and you see so you miss that. And then you miss obviously the mentoring of kids and helping kids achieve their goals and their, and, you know, and, and, and having successful futures, you do miss those things, but I'll tell you what, you know, what I've started, what I notice a lot more now is I watch these games and at the end of the game, they show both coaches and you can't tell who won the game. <laughs> and right. I mean, like, 
they both look miserable. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and so I'm, I, I look and I'm like, you know what? I don't enjoy that feeling I, that I don't miss that right now. Mm. Um, but I get to also enjoy a lot of family stuff I've never been able to do before. Well, speaking of, of mentoring the youth and, and enjoying some family time, uh, please tell the listeners what you're about to do now. Spend some time with, with your son, Cannon. Yeah, we're going in myself somehow in eighth grade. He's finagled. He has some mentorship with the coach at, at the end of the school day, like once a week. And so me and him and the coach go in and we watch the middle school, Lake Coney Academy middle school game film oh. and um, from last week. And then we do a little prep work on this week's team. So the coaching never leaves you. It's just I'm a little bit more into the uh, the middle school football level right now. And um, but I, I will say this. We're, we're laughing earlier. You know, I, I, as a dad and I've I've always you know, I'm proud of myself. I'll go to games. I go do this. I sit down quietly. I go to those basketball games growing up, all the youth soccer. Uh, and when he's playing golf right there and I'm caddying, I'm like, just hey, and a dad there to watch his son and assist. But man, when you're watching your son play football and a, a quarterback dad, a brick new high <laughs> told me it's the quarterback dad, quarterback dads. And he, we described this way. They should put us in glass cages at the end of the field one it's a glass cage so no one can hear what you have to say because you're just rambling on about everything and two you're a complete sideshow during the course of the game my wife's like you're a complete embarrassment to everybody during the course of the game just sit hey, quietly and don't move <laughs> hey t-bob we are I, I, so to coach lives at the same lake as my parents so we go up there and play golf and i play with coach and cannon a couple times cannon will talk more smack than anyone else uh, and then I guess he's, he's, he's gotten the football now. So he had a squat for the first time about two months ago. So he's gotten, he's moved over to the football side of actually having to lift some weights. Uh, because my oh, question to you is, is, is he couldn't he, what's walk the that day. Like? Remember that day? He, oh, I know, he, couldn't couldn't walk walk. he was bitching about it. <laughs> we all remember those first squat days. You know, you couldn't even go to the They're bathroom up, the dude. next They're day. Up, yeah. Well, hey, what kind of offense are we running at Lake Oconee? Well, they were wing T. Ooh, um, no, no, no. Until the middle of game one, and they were sharing it with quarterback jobs with him and somebody else. And they realized he can throw it a little bit. So now we're shotgun spread. Like, what? like we throw it all over the place. <laughs> After uh, game one from the wing team and shotgun <laughs> spread. Uh, yeah, yeah so I'm like, really... hey, let's get it. Let's get a couple of plays in here and let's just get in the shotgun and let him throw it all over the place. I'm like, all right. I, I said that worked. I mean, they don't have a very big line, uh, you know, and so. You know, the, just get back there and throw it. Middle middle school is not real complicated in the coverage. <laughs> it's, it's it's shocking to me some of the parallels in my own life right now. I mean, the cannon thing. My father was the Cajun cannon. He too coached my little league football team. And when I tell you, he used to lose his mind on some of these other coaches because of what he wanted to do offensively and what they wanted to do. It, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's a quarterback dad thing. It never quite leaves you. But I want to ask one more question about Lego Cody. Then we get into the SC, we get into everything else. Because, Coach, you had a video maybe last summer that blew my mind. I'm someone who tries wake surfing every summer. I think it's very fun. I've barely gotten to the point where I can drop the rope now. Coach, you were out here doing full 360s on the wake surf. Yeah. And keep it. How long did that take to learn? That is a wake surfing. Well, the 360 is taking me a while, but the, the wake surfing, it gets in your, and he'll tell you, I mean, he knows we go out there and, and it's the most addicting thing there is. Like once you're riding that wave and, and it's a never ending wave, you just love it. And so I've gotten that part down and doing some different tricks and things. So I, I've got the 360 down. So I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent hitting it, but I've done it a bunch of times now where I've gotten better, you know, as bigger guys, all those little tricks on the surfboards, that's good for little guys. Yeah. But when you're like a bigger dude, it's harder because you got to get a bigger board because that, you know, like if I get on one of those little skinny guy boards, like I just sink, you know, you got to get a little bigger board, but it's, uh, it's taken some time, but I'll tell you what, it is awesome. I love wake surfing. And now that we hit some tricks, you even feel better about yourself. Hell yeah, man. I was uh very deeply impressed uh just like i was many times when you were coaching and my lsu tigers had to fall against you uh coach now that you're out of it and you are taking this kind of bird's eye view when you look at the sec this year what has kind of uh 
stood out to you most approaching it from a more, you know, from a more analytic, analytic, is that a word for more analyst perspective? Yeah. You know, I, I think the league continues to get better. And the thing that makes the SEC, what people don't get, obviously you, you, you take Alabama and Georgia at the top. And I know everybody, I know like, boy, Alabama lost by three on the road on the last play of the game. The wheels have come off. Like, I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> what's gone on, you know? Um, and, um, but they're, you know, top teams. But what makes the SEC special is the depth, you know, that there's going to be teams that are jumping up. Like at Florida a couple of years ago, competing for the championship. Tennessee this year is a dominant team. But you, you get in, when you get to the depth, you go play LSU, right? Uh, you know, in a, in, with a first-year coach this year, um, and, you know, everyone's maybe not expecting a great year. People aren't jumping up and down around the country saying, okay, let's get LSU on the schedule right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, because you have the no look rule, right? When you play LSU during warmups, you don't look down the other end of the field because a guy in like a number six jersey runs by and you're like, holy cow, that's the free safe. He looks like our <laughs> D end, you know? Um, the no look rule. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that that's always the rule playing LSU because they always got some good looking dudes. But, you know, I mean, Florida is going to compete Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky, yeah. as soon as they get the run game figured out they're in there, I mean, how about Ole Miss? I mean, they're a top 10 team. So it, it's not just when you look at the, the SEC. And I think that's what around the country, like people want to fight and say, well, the big 10, Hey, we have Michigan and Ohio state, Michigan and Ohio state, I think are as good as anybody in the SEC. Okay. But as you keep getting down to the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, that's what makes the league different, and you have to bring your A game. Uh, Alabama is one of the top four teams in the country easily. Mm -hmm. They have zero margin for error, or they're not in the playoffs, and that includes winning either beating Tennessee again or beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. And, um, you know, or they're not even in the playoffs, and that's what makes it different where – in other leagues, you know, Ohio State and, and Michigan, that's going to kind of be the game at the end of the year. And one wins and maybe they both get in. And, and I, you, that's just one of the things that I've always felt about the league. And I don't think it's going anywhere. It's only getting better. And when you sit back and can look at it uh, on that side, I've, I'm used to having to deal with it week in and week yeah. out. But I think even as an analyst, I still think you look at it, you just say, there are so many good games every single week mm -hmm. in the SEC because yeah. there's so many great teams. Coach, we were doing the, the the compare game yesterday of 2019 LSU to this year's Tennessee team. Similar offensive stats, uh, defenses. You look at the stats are actually very similar too. You're someone who you you coached against LSU back in that 2019. Uh, went to went to LSU. You guys lost 42 28. Incredible environment. Uh, so someone too. who yeah, incredible. So someone who's been a part of and saw that team up close. How would you kind of compare this year's Tennessee to that year's LSU team? Um, well, that's tricky. I would definitely give that LSU team the edge. Um, I, I just think, uh, the depth of the playmakers they had, you know, on the outside and in, in the perimeter. Um, I think, I think Tennessee overall, but I, I do think, I think Tennessee does a great job with, with their scheme and utilizing the players to put them in position and their scheme creates issues for you, uh, you know, uh, and Hendon Hooker, you know, may, maybe it, in, in the end it could be different. Boy, I think he's, I mean, he's making plays when he needs to make plays. Yeah. Uh, they're doing all the things you need to do to win. But boy, I thought that, that I, I would have to give the nod to that LSU team. There, there are some similarities because they both can score a lot of points. Mm -hmm. But there were some there were some tough matchups with that LSU team and and uh, and what they did and and I think Tennessee guys more they perfectly fit the scheme that they're running. Yeah, I'll never forget uh, the Trask three or four 75 yard touchdown run uh, drives in a row that night. Awesome night. All right, coach. I know you got to go watch some film. So last one here, analytic <laughs> perspective. Uh, who right now after this last weekend? Who's your favorite to win the SEC? Um, it's a tough one. Hmm. Mm. I want to go. I want to go Georgia. Okay, 
But my concern with Georgia is going to be the playmakers on the outside. I think they have running backs. I think the quarterback managed this game well. Their, oh, their line, offensive line's pretty good. They play really good defense. Um, but do they have the playmakers at the wideout? I just haven't seen them step up to the point I want to just see where I'm like, they got it. They're going to win. You know, that, that, that level of confidence from those guys. Um, that's the one thing that concerns me still with Georgia. I think the fact they get Tennessee at home is a huge plus. Uh, it'll be a rocking environment. It'll be a crazy game. And I'm going to give Georgia the edge in that game, which gets them to the championship game where I think they'll play Alabama. Hard to ever count out Bryce Young and Bryce Young's going to score points. And I just, I want to, I want to go Georgia, but I am still concerned of who's the outside wide receiver playmaker that's going to make the plays to win a game if they need them to. Coach Dan Mullen now uh, doing work with ESPN as an in-studio analyst. As you can see, just an absolute treasure trove of knowledge to draw from there. Coach, I think you are excellent on this side of the equation. Thank you so much for giving us some minutes today. Tell Cannon we said, you know, kick ass, work hard, and uh, y'all enjoy the film session. Absolutely. We got to get you out here to come play some golf at the lake and get you surfing out here one of these days. Oh, so. yeah, dude. I'm down. Hello, T-Bob. Yeah. Let's go, I'm team. down, dude. My family, I mean, I've been to Lake Oconee a few times. I got a couple partners with uh, places up there, so we can definitely make it work. All right, Coach, we'll let you go. Thank you so much, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. J-Lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, y'all? It's T-Bob here from Snaps, the college football show on the Volume Sports Network. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today. Get it started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. How about that? So you join today. Use the promo code SNAPS. SNAPS, right? Promo code SNAPS. And then you bet $5. And guess what? Win or lose, doesn't matter. You get $150 in free bets. Ooh, coming up this week, and there's some exciting more Syracuse getting 13 and a half. No respect for the Orange Men. And I kind of love rolling with the Bruins. Plus six going to Eugene, Oregon. But look, this is just the first pass, okay? It's a lot of more board studying to get ready to do. What I love is with FanDuel, you can bet however you want. If you just want to do game props, you want to do a message spread, you want to do first half, first quarter, you want to do same game parlays, you want to do live betting with updated odds games that already started if you get in there late, and you want to get paid your winnings fast, you want to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app promo code SNAPS. Remember, don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code SNAPS. So, hey, check it out. Let's make every moment more this season with FanDuel. I love me some Dan Mullen. Um, what do you think, man? You think you think, you think think Coach Mullen gets gets back into coaching at some point? Ah, uh, man. Uh, I, I'm with you, man. When you make that much money and you get to go just enjoy life a little bit, I know he's still <laughs> young. I think around 50. He loves coaching, but he also loves – being on the lake, being on the boat, playing golf. I mean, he has a he plays golf like twice a week in the studio. Wow. It's good living. I I wouldn't, but go coach. I agree with I, I agree with Daniel Basham, dude. That that sounded like a man enjoying his life. Uh yes. maybe he will coach again. I think the NFL would probably be more his speed, ideally. Um, I think it was very clear by the end of Florida he didn't like recruiting. And you know what's funny is I don't think anything makes me trust you or like you more than you not liking recruiting. Like, that is the most normal, relatable, most human thing I have ever heard. What freaks me out far more are when these coaches get off on recruiting. Like, they just can't get enough of the rush, and they're so competitive that they got to win it, and they spend all day talking to these 16-year-olds on the phone. Like, I always thought there was something incredibly honest, relatable, and likable when Mullen rolled his eyes at that recruiting question that one time last year. Now, now you also knew that was kind of the end of the road, but again, I want to chill with Dan Mullen. Like I, 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 he, he seems awesome. No, he's great. Uh, there is one comment in here. I just want to go to the chat real quick. And I was thinking about it, but I know we had to let him go. He was bringing up Georgia and, and the receivers and, and someone brought in here and, and like I said, I want to bring this up in the chat, but, um, A.D. Mitchell will be back. A.D. Mitchell's receiver number one for Georgia. He should be back for Florida. Jalen will be back. So I think that will answer some questions at the receiving spot. But then Eric Eric Gilbert had his first touchdown this past weekend for Georgia as well. So now all of a sudden you got three or four tight ends. Yeah, you didn't know he actually played. Yeah. Wait, whoa, 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 wait. I thought like just three or four weeks ago we had determined that he was just off the team. Kirby's on my uh, No, gotta, he's back. He's well, back from the, the dead. Right oh, my God. I mean, how many yeah. times? How many times can one come back from the dead? I guess it's the old Game of Thrones thing. Uh, what is dead may never die. You can't kill Eric Gilbert because he never really existed in the first place. Um, I don't think he's done anything bad. Like, he's not no, out there, no, like, no, no. getting arrested. No, not- like, he's just... He's working through some issues, so I think that, that they're like, hey, man, we're here for you, and when you're ready to play, we will bring you back into the fold. I mean, it's not like he started, for goodness sakes. He came in the fourth quarter, made a catch, and had a nice little touchdown on a, on a little stick route. So you got if you can get him going with those tight ends, with, with Washington, I don't know if you saw the catches Washington had, and Bowers, and then A.D. Mitchell, this offense will be looking more like they did versus Oregon, so I'm not too concerned about that, 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 that part of the, the football team. Okay, well, that is kind of funny, though, because you have talked about how, like, at times on this show, I feel like you've talked about that being some of your concern with Georgia this well, they're year. They're getting healthy. They're getting healthy. Well, okay, okay. Yeah, I think, we'll I think when Cedric tell back, me, Cedric, tell me about the Cedric, tell me about the put on y'all's ass, man. I'm, I'm more concerned about the defense, dude. I, I went back and watched the film today on the flight of Tennessee versus Bama. 
there was four or five times that Hendon missed a wide open receiver. Like he didn't see him that those guys were running oh, wow. scot free behind the Alabama secondary. I mean, over damn. and over and over again. Uh, I'm like, damn, like they could have put some even more points on them. So I just don't know how you slow down that offense right now. I mean, they are flying and hitting on all cylinders and you throw Cedric back into the mix too in the next couple of weeks. I'm more concerned, even with Georgia and their secondary, more concerned with those guys uh, in every every secondary, honestly, with what they're doing on offense. Yeah, yeah. Georgia will score. Uh, Georgia will score versus Tennessee. Yes, yes. Georgia's, yes. yes. Georgia will not mess yeah. it up like LSU did. Uh, they are good enough offense to take advantage of a Tennessee defense that is aggressive, but, you know, um, vulnerable in some ways. Uh, hey, chat, real quick before we go. Um, is it possible for your shoe for your feet to get one size bigger at age 31? Because that's what Aaron Murray tried claiming before the show today that he had to go out and buy all new shoes because his feet grew a size bigger. If we have any scientists or doctors in the chat, of which I severely doubt that we do, uh, I would I would love to know if this is physically possible. Um, so please it is let us know because it did have, I went and got new shoes today, T-Bob, because three of my shoes don't fit anymore. I went to the <laughs> store and I was measuring a half size bigger than what I've ever measured. So yes, your feet, I guess, can still grow at 31. I mean, so Aaron, did you, did you yeah. I, have, I have to jump in here. Um, so did you go and like ask, See, like, look, the, Hootie the, says oh. when your arch and your foot starts to collapse, there you go. And no, I'm not pregnant. My oh, wife is depressing. pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it is a little depressing. All, the, all these answers are very depressing. They're asking you if you have <laughs> diabetes, are your arches collapsing? Uh, Wait, it's a, that's called zone sixes. That's called swelling and a sign of old age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Hey, you know what they say though. Yep. If your feet, if your feet are getting bigger, yeah, dude. That's I mean, unfortunately for the wife, it's just it's just it's just the feet. Unfortunately, Sharon. Yeah, Sorry. what are you gonna do? Dude? What are you gonna do? I got yeah, tiny feet, and everybody always makes fun of me for my tiny feet. And somehow, I, I discovered your this tiny sh- hands or tiny feet. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 I wear like a twelve and a half, thirteen inch shoes, so that one doesn't play as much. Okay. But there's some pictures yeah. that they look very tiny. But there is an actual store here in Baton Rouge called bob's tiny feet and it's a tiny kid <laughs> shoe store and somehow no one despite clowning me constantly on twitter no one had ever sent me a picture of bob tiny feet and it came up completely organically and innocently in a conversation the other way and i was blown away to find that that was uh yeah hootie he's got really small looking feet okay relax how, hootie. how do you can Everybody you tell relax. are you are you talking about hootie are you talking about t bob or me He's talking about me. He's talking about me. Look, Daniel Basham nailed it. Uh, big blazer boy has big shoes now. You put on the big blazer, it made you look fatter. Yeah. Your feet are getting bigger. That blazer <laughs> may have given you diabetes. Like, I'm not 100% sure. You may have gotten diabetes directly after placing on that old blazer from your playing days. Uh, look, this Thursday, we are not going to be at Bob's Tiny Feet, but we are going to be live at the walk-ons uh, off of Burbank, look, man, please, again, bring your friends, bring whoever, like just lie to them and just say you just want to go to walk-ons. Just help us put some numbers in the crowd. We're going to be doing the show live. We're going to be drinking beers. We're going to do a bets of FanDuel. Uh, tickets to the game on Saturday to give away. We got merch as well. We'll have the big blazers on. So coming out this Thursday with your team from Snaps. Can't wait. 5 to 7 p.m walk-ons on burbank uh all right aaron anything else oh losing my headphones anything else before we go no see you all tomorrow peace okay uh that that was the headphone that i was actually listening out of the other one is dead so i didn't hear anything you just said i'm gonna assume you said no so everybody have a uh excellent day we love y'all and we will be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of snaps What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.